Howard. Listen, Howard, those people have all heard the stories. There's no more stories. What you want to tell them that all they've got to do is love now. And he said, no, there's so many who don't know the stories. And I hadn't thought about it the under 25s. So you've heard the background now. You've had a very good over, over, uh, look at the background. So I just want to give you just five minutes, he said. Five minutes. So I'm just going to give you one or two instances of how it affected me. I grew up in, on the hills above Greenpoint, and my mother was the youngest child, and she looked after me. And her mother's mother had lived in this house in each house. And so we got to grow up there. But slowly, we were seeing these notices in the paper. This area is declared a white area. All the good spots around the seas, around the, on the mountains. That's how they did it. They announced in the newspaper this area on the map. And then everyone knew you were going to have to get out there. So we were a bit nervous, of course. And of course the day came when our area was in the newspaper proclaimed right. Well, I can't tell you what this did because this house had been in the family forever. And um, we all knew, well, there's a time limit on this thing. So these little gray men started coming around because they had to give the owner of the house the notice. And where we get around that the in the And the fathers would disappear. My father would disappear because he knew this was coming. And this went on for so long. Then they started coming in the early mornings at ridiculous hours to uh, present him with his notice. And that's what I have in my head still. I'm coming to 18 next year. And this still is in my head the knock at the door of those people because they would hammer this brass big knocker. And I wouldn't understand the whole thing, but my mother would start weeping, weepy and nervous and tell us not to worry, not to worry. And this happened, I mean, a few times and it was the most awful thing for our family. The end the result was we were given the choice of either going to live in Athlone or Lansdowne. Now our church was around the school the corner, the schools were in the area, and and our neighbours were people we'd grown up with. So we landed up in Lansdowne not knowing a soul around and starting a whole new life. I can't begin to tell you how awful it was. Because my parents our parents tried to shield us from what was really happening. And um, so they would make it all comfortable for us. They would say, oh, you're gonna have your own room now, or you're gonna have a new room now, you can do the decor and everything. And it all sounded fine till we got there. And then it wasn't all so fine. That was one story. I leave you to think that out and how it was, just leaving your schools and your community. We were never the same again. That was one time, that was one thing that affected us a lot. Then 
we got started getting used to seeing these signs everywhere, Europeans only, Europeans only. You've heard about the buses. The thing that affected our little family most was, well now I was grown and I mean had children, two children, and we loved swimming. And you heard about no beaches. Now before that we went to the beaches. Suddenly no beaches could, that was safe could you go to. But I was a bit rebellious and my husband too, so we always pushed uh, the thing, you know, as far as we could. So this one day it was very hot and we wanted to swim. And the place we could go to was right down uh, the coast or Cork Bay Harbour, which wasn't very nice, it was smelly and the boats were there and sometimes it was oily. So we went, it was too full, so we went to the next cove where we, it was actually our favorite spot to, to swim, it's called Sunny Cove. And we got there, there was just one couple having um, a picnic and had, had been swimming, and they left. And we went on swimming, not realizing that they actually went to go and report us to the police. So while my two little kids are swimming and we're very happy, not, not another soul in sight. We just saw policemen running down the steps towards the pool, surrounding the pool with dogs, shouting, what do you think? You know you're not allowed to be here. Get out, get out. And, you know, that's just one of those, another instance that stays in my head. It was little things that affected our everyday lives that were so hurtful. The other thing was, when we were traveling and um, riding around camping, we couldn't go to hotels. We went, to, we went on honeymoon in a tent. But as soon as you got out of Cape Town and you wanted to buy something at a shop, you had to go around the back. So we always had to go in the back door or knocking at a side thing. We couldn't go to the front of the shop to buy anything. And that just did something to your dignity that I can't begin to tell you. We were really we were, we loved the Lord, but we were really bitter people. And, well, the years passed and we just got along and then we came to this church. And it was, we, we liked the, the, the church, like somebody else said, and we felt we were happy here. Well, first, I mean, this thing. Before we came, we sent the children. We, looked, we needed a Sunday school for the children. So there was no evangelical Sunday school. We lived in Heathfield across the line. There was no other Sunday, uh, Sunday school nearby. So we came up here and we knew Ellis Andre, the, river, uh, the, the minister here, and he said, no, come to my church, come to my church. So we sent the children to Sunday school for a while. The, the, the superintendent came and said to us, do you think your children will cope here? Well, you know, the, I don't know why we didn't run away at that time, but we didn't. And the, at the end of that year, my children walked off with all the prizes. <laughs> so I think it was one of those things. Anyway, all these things hurt us deeply. We, didn't, we don't actually talk about it anymore because it still hurts our pride. It's still, it was something like making you, hurting you so that you were feeling you were not quite what was wrong? You know, you were not reaching, you were not a whole person. But um, these 
these, uh, we, so we don't talk about it. But when these things happened, fortunately, the Lord brought people into across our path. Some in this church, more outside, we had groups of friends, hikers, who, who just accepted us like normal, whereas it wasn't happening in the church so easily, more outside with people who didn't know the Lord. But then there were some wonderful people in the church who took us to their hearts and spoke Jesus to our lives, and that helped a lot. There was some people outside the church. I remember well um, John Reed. He was the vice chancellor at UCT. When we were hurting, when there was another thing happening in the township, where, or when our kids were being chased down the road with tear gas and everything, we'd run to him. And he would just sit us down and help us work through the issues. There was Jeff and um, Mary Burton, another couple, who helped us work through issues. And that just made us, helped make, make us whole people. Then there was, there was a thing about the flag that I want to just tell you what that meant. We traveled a lot and we were often in the States. And whenever I was there for their high days, I saw what the flag meant to them. It united them, wasn't allowed to touch the floor, they had all these rules and regulations around the flag. And sometime I remember sitting in one of those big things on the lawns and the, the orchestras were playing on a 4th of July or something. And I got quite weepy, because I realized we don't have this, we don't even have a flag. But then we got the flag, you all know about that. And a few of our friends, oh, we couldn't, we hated the, the local South African flag because it just spoke to us of oppression. But then we got our own flag and this day we decided, it meant so much to us at that time, you don't know, because we hated the flags that you put up, the one that's, you know, the old flag, and it was flying all around the schools and everywhere, and we were not part of that. So now we get our own flag. A group of our friends came together and decided to, to celebrate the new flag. And we sat around in a big ring and we started sharing what had happened over the years and what has brought us to here. And then the most amazing thing happened. One by one, hurts came out that we'd never shared. And we were pretty close friends. I mean, I really saw things. Everyone had a a thing that was hurting their pride that they never talked about, and now we were sharing it. So after we'd gone right around telling stories, then we had to do it by rotation and give everyone a chance, because it was going, the hours were passing, and all these new hurts were coming out. And um, then we, we decided, well, what could we do about this? So together we realized, it's only the Lord that's gonna help us through this. So we brought all these hurts and we imagined a big fire and a big thing in the middle of us, and we were putting them all down there and leaving them to Jesus. And this a wonderful thing happened in our hearts. We kind of had a great relief, and it just, um, it just helped our healing tremendously, knowing that we've, we, we knew people, we've got more dignity, and we went out and just live for Jesus as best we could. So that was my things. I'm sure I had a whole lot of other things to talk about, but I can't remember them now.
uh, what I did want to say. Loving your neighbor simply means saying every day, what are you going through today? Thank you.